0: This is the EWN Podcast Network. When life and business is chaotic, it is hard to see the beauty that comes from it. But I'm here to tell you, you are not alone. I am your host, Ashley Stone, and I am your chaos coordinator. I believe there's always a message in the mess we can experience in our personal lives and in business. So join me on the journey of running multiple businesses, self-carrying it up, and designing a life for my family. This won't be just my story. It will be the many stories of remarkable women that have inspired me and will inspire you to discover the beauty behind the chaos. Hey beauties, my name is Ashley Stone and I am your host of Beauty Behind Chaos, where we unpack the chaos. We share all the stories of all the challenges we've had to overcome, but we always find the beauty on the other side of it. So, with that, I want to jump right into this episode. This episode, I actually have been contemplating a lot of things lately, personally, when it came to business, when it comes to personal stuff, and all the different things in between that we experience as entrepreneurs. I am living that right now in this moment. And um, it's kind of nostalgic, it's kind of sad, it's kind of bittersweet, it's kind of good. And I'm just like in this really interesting space right now. So it's making me um, reflect on a lot, reflect on things with my career, reflect on things with the businesses I've owned and just different experiences. Cause I definitely feel that right now I am at a very um, at, pivotal is a, is a word I like to use um, pivotal moment, but at the same time um, a transition so as opposed to pivoting and completely um, turning all together, it's really just more of a transition evolving. Um, those are kind of more of the words that I am hearing and feeling and experiencing. And at the same time, any transition, any change, any anything is always scary. And so thinking about the the fear of it and the worry and, and the things happening to lead to this space and the self-doubt that comes forward is so natural and also i have to remind myself that and just acknowledge some of these feelings but then also know that there is always there's always a time there's always a season there's always a change a shift whatever that is it's kind of natural it's part of the process and if anything you want to be evolving you want to be transitioning you want to be you know doing new things and at the end of the day, that's kind of what this feels like. And I always believe that, um, Things are just a journey, and what we learn along the way will grow and develop us, and and should propel us into new and exciting adventures and uh, stuff for our career and our businesses. And that's kind of where I am right now, and so I'm just trying to like feel that out, like what is this? And you know how when you're in a position where you're just like, I just need an answer, so that way I know. I know I'm very much like that. Um, I don't know about y'all, but that is where I am. And at the same time, it's like don't rush anything. Let things just be what they are so it led me to this topic with this episode that i wanted to share i love sharing stories because for me it's relatable like if i share a story with you guys it's real it's my journey it's what i experienced but then at the same time the little nuggets and things that i learned through that experience and journey i feel really compelled to share because it could be something you're experiencing right now it could be something you have experienced or that you might soon experience. And I just love sharing um, because it's just relatable in that sense. Um, so, Hopefully, some a couple finger snaps in uh, some of what I share. Um, I finger snap when I could really feel something that somebody says. I'm just like, yes, girl. Um, so hopefully, there are some uh, finger snaps in this episode that is relatable and understandable. But it might also be something you need to hear because uh, sometimes we just need that person to shake you up and go, girl, you need to hear this. You need to listen because you' about to learn. So all right, let's dive right in. So the topic that I want to cover is really um, just the perspective of like, you know, when we first start something, it is often thought we need to have this big plan. And, and a lot of people always ask me, like, when you're putting together a business or you're about to start something like, you know, I, I just need my business plan. And, and what would you put in your business plan? And, and that gets brought up often. And just um, how do you how do you start? Right, And so my start was um, very different and also at the same time um, pretty common how a lot of people start, um, but also not the common uh, thought process that most people initially think of. Because when they first think of starting a business, they're like, I need a business plan. I need to have all these things in place. And then I got to get funding and, and all of that. And I will tell you um, from my very humble beginnings, I didn't have any of those things. I did not have a business plan. I did not have funding. I did not have um, a lot of things that would seem to be the necessities in order to open a business. Um, but I had a lot of hustle. I had a lot of grit. My work ethic was insane. And I had a lot of ideas and I'm an executor. And so I, I might dream up an idea but I am going to execute on it and figure out a way. And for me, that is a trait that if you have those fears and you have those um, things that are holding you back or tripping you up or slowing you down to just pull the trigger. I'm going to tell you that is something you need to break. You need to get out of that box. You need to shake yourself up because that is going to be something that is going to be not only a value to be able to do, but it's going to come up very often in your path of entrepreneurship is really to be able to be flexible, to be able to execute, to be able to, you know, push and see things through, regardless of the challenges, regardless of the hurdles. And the biggest hurdle you're going to face is honestly just starting. And how do you start and where do you start is always the question. And I like, it's that simple. It's like, you just got to start. But um, with that said, my, my, I started many businesses, but the one that I want to talk about is my salon. So I owned a brick and mortar salon called Salon Alexander. I named it after my son. I figured it would be a name I would not regret um, naming because, you know, it's after my child. So I will probably like that name um, for a long time because I planned to be be in business for a long time. It sounded classy. And at the time, I'm not going to lie, here's the real truth of it. Um, I actually didn't want people to know, um, at first, uh, assumption that I was a woman owned business. Is that like, I don't know if that's weird, but like, that's where my thought process was is like, there was going to be, I don't know, like a little bit more respect or, um, I don't know this view of it. And in the weird, you all that I'm not even going to lie, but it changed how some people did approach me and how they spoke to me when they realized I was the owner. And instead many times thought Alexander, which was two at the time, um, was the owner. And so it was actually really fascinating psych like psychology-wise, how it did at times play a role, and um, so with that said, in that time, this was back in two thousand seven, and there just weren't a lot of um women entrepreneurs that I knew, and women in business that I knew, and I didn't really have um, a mentor in this space besides just being brought up um, with the mentality of like, one, I could do anything, and two, if you work hard enough, you can accomplish anything, and so when I decided I was going to um opened my first hair salon, I had very big dreams. I needed it to be, you know, a certain way and it had to be upscale and it had to just have this, you know, certain environment, um, of the clientele I wanted to cater to. And at the time, even though I was 23 years old, I was actually a hairstylist at that point for, uh, five, almost six years. Um, And so I was already building a clientele working in a upscale salon um, and I had a clientele I was building. So it was like, it made sense that my next move would be to open my salon. And I wanted to cater to the same caliber of clientele that I had and, and continue to attract. Right. And so my vision was I absolutely have to be in an affluent area and it has to be a real high class salon and just all the dreams. Right. And we always have these like really big lofty ideas and dreams when we're first starting. But the reality was is when I found the perfect space to open my salon, I met with the contractor that was coming in to, thankfully, I didn't commit to anything. I needed to really understand like what this financial um, aspect was going to look like and to where I was going to get this money because you know, I didn't have no money. Um, so, but I showed up and I met this contractor and we did a walkthrough. And when I walked through and just, just a little bit of things he was saying, it was very apparent (laughs) very quickly that this was a lot more expensive than I had actually realized or had hoped for. Although I could visually see all of the things in this space and that this place was 100% the place I had dreamed of doing and it would would look exactly how I seen it in my mind. But um, I had to take a step back and I just... Realized, you know, this wasn't going to be the first place I was going to open my salon. And that was okay, but I was, I had to get realistic. And really at that point, I had to get at least a general idea of how much money I actually thought I would need. And then, you know, some kind of high level pathway, right? On what I was going to do and look at things closer to my budget, which was um, no dollars. So I was just like, okay, I need to take a step back from this. And I'm not going to lie. At first, it did discourage me. And I was like, I don't know if I could do this, but I, I need to understand business and I need to understand numbers. And not that I fully took that path of even learning all of that, but um, I had a lot of clientele from different walks of life. And the coolest thing about that is while I was doing my client's hair, there were so many women that did sit in my chair that were professionals and that were CEOs of businesses and that mostly were in corporate kind of background and setting. Um, not necessarily in um, you know owning their own business, but um, definitely was such a valued like asset right in front of me that I didn't even realize at first. It was just me kind of spinning my wheels and just like shooting the shit, talking to my clients and getting these little gems, these little like pieces of nuggets along the way that kind of sparked an idea or um, you know, sent me down a rabbit hole of what to go research next and what to look into. And so there was a point in time where I had this client that um, she was coming to me for a year. And I wasn't, I wasn't super, you know, close with her. I was kind of one of those quieter stylists. Um, Honestly, it took me a a long time to kind of warm up to people, but I really loved my craft and I focused on people relaxing in my chair. And on occasion I had some clients that would, you know, chat with me and they were usually my, my business clients. Um, And I was always just so fascinated in business. So I think that helped because that also triggered me having certain conversations. Right. But otherwise, you know, some of them just sat in my chair and relaxed and got their hair done. And this particular woman, she was one of those people and, um, she would come every like month and she would get just a blowout service and she would always come with this man, um, that would kind of drop her off and then he'd leave, come back, pick her up. And over time, you know, she slowly started to open up and she just definitely at a certain point seemed very sad. And so with that, it, it just made me, the more I got to like see her, I just really felt compelled to like to just talk to her and see if I could get her to open up. And um in that time I was just telling her my crazy stories and about my dream salon. And and um I also had had just recently got back from maternity leave. And so um, or actually, yes, I had just recently got back from maternity leave and I was just like you know, telling her about my son and just all the things I wanted to do. Right. And so over, over the course of a few months, she was just so fascinated in my spirit of the things that I was um, sharing with her that eventually she was like, you know, you really love to research things. And I would love for you to research, um, learning about nonprofits because I've always wanted to do a nonprofit and, um, I'm, I'm thinking about doing one. And so she told me her dream and idea and I was like, cool. I know nothing about nonprofits. I don't even know actually anything about business, but um, I will I will research this. And so I was working part-time and then I was home part-time with my son. And so on the days, he's a little baby. He, sleeps, he was sleeping a lot. So I was like, on those days, I'm going to research this for this woman and see if I can help her out with this. So I ended up giving her some advice, um, helping her navigate a few things. She launched her nonprofit. And this all happened actually fairly quickly. So she launched her nonprofit. And she came back and the, the idea of the nonprofit was basically to connect people that were in need of specific things. So like whether it be clothes, furniture, but just like in the moment, very specific and then connecting them to the items um, without them having to go to like Goodwill or any of these other organizations. And um, instead it was more of like a matching kind of program that she wanted to create. And so that's what her nonprofit was. And over, um, you know, those few months she would come in and get her hair blown out and we would chat. And, um, one day she came and she was like, um, you know, oh my gosh, crazy story. This young woman, single mother has three kids, her house caught on fire and it burned down. She lost everything. And I was just like, oh my gosh, that's so wild. I can't, I can't imagine. And so as she's telling me, and this woman has three kids and she's like, you know, do you happen to have any extra baby clothes, or you know, any things that you would maybe want to get rid of and donate because she has three small children? And I was like, Yeah, absolutely. Come on over to my house. Like, let me see what I got. And so she came by, and she walked through the house. And and as she walked through, it just kind of dawned on me, like, you know, I can replace these items. I have support. If you know something like this ever happened to me, I can't even imagine. And so you know, here, take my son's crib (laughs) and my, the crib was like a brand new $800 crib that my parents bought. And, um, I honestly didn't use it very often. My son rarely ever slept, slept in the crib. So I was just like, you know, I can figure this out, but she's got three babies. Like, let's go ahead and throw this crib in the mix. And then I gave her a bunch of like other household items. So she brings it, um, to the, to the woman. And a week later she ends up, um, Getting coming back, getting her hair done, and as she's getting her hair done, she's like, "Hey, whatever happened with you know the salon and your you know plans and what does that look like?" And I was like, "Yeah, you know, I I'm working on it." And I realized I came to this conclusion that five thousand dollars was really going to hit the mark for me. For whatever reason, five thousand dollars was the amount of money I decided I needed to open my salon. And again, going back to humble beginnings, I also accepted the fact that I was going to have to start in, um, in a place that I could afford. And at that time I actually did find the place and, um, met with the owner. He was a younger gentleman and totally like loved my entrepreneurial spirit. He was close in age to me. Um, we were both very young and really ambitious people So he was willing to take a chance on me. However, and the salon was not exactly in the best, not exactly in the best place, but I was going to make it the best with what I had. Right. So, um, so anyways, he required a deposit, um, which could not go on a credit card. And so I was like, dang, I need cash for this. Okay. And the rest I can put on a credit card. So that was my plan. My first uh, business plan of how I was going to start my first salon was a credit card my mom um, added my name to and completely trusted me at 23 years old and uh, with a max balance of 5000 that I could charge. And then this potential of this $5,000 cash that I needed to find. So technically my game plan was 10 grand. Um 5 cash and then 5 on a on a credit card I was coming in hot with. And so I was trying to get a loan for $5,000 from the bank. And I was not having much success. So that was the update that I gave my client at that point. And she was just like, "Wow, you know, maybe if you say this or you show this or" and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm trying." And I had three denials at that point. And I was like, "But I have a call on Monday. And I really think this is, this is going to be the one they're going to approve me. So she's like, well, keep me posted. So then Monday comes around and I have that call. She actually, she called me to check in literally right after that phone call. And she's like, how'd it go? Did they say yes? Did they approve it? And I was like, girl, no, I got denied. And she's like, man, how much are you asking for again? And I was like, $5,000. $5,000. Like I, I have, I have a credit card for, you know, that has a, ba- a max budget of 5,000 if I max it out. And I just need this cash. So that way I could secure this lease with this guy and like off to the races. So she's like, wow, dang, that, that really stinks. And you know, I really, I really um, hope you get that. i was like, thanks. I'm trying. So shortly after that, she was like, Hey, can I come by? And I wanted to just, you know, thank you in person and tell you about, you know the woman that you donated to um and just like feedback and whatever and i was like yeah of course so she comes over about an hour later and i will never forget this moment y'all it's like this is where like god just angels all the things like you know these moments that um are really just moments you just have forever and this is one of them for me and i love telling this story because i genuinely believe in in giving uh with No expectation in return, Um, but sometimes it returns, and um, this was one of those moments for me. So she came to the door, and I went to go invite her in. She's like, "No, I'm sorry, I'm not going to come in, but I just want to give you a hug and and tell you just like, wow, couldn't believe, um, you know, that you donated the stuff that you did, and the mother was just beyond, and she was so happy and excited and just. Was so like amazed, like that someone would just so self selflessly, you know, give such nice items. And I have to say, I was just as impressed. And I was just like, yeah, really? like my mom. My mom told taught, always told me, like, you know, if someone else is in need, this is that's just what you do. You don't think about it. So it was really no big deal to me. And um, in that moment, though, I felt something definitely happening. And I was just like, Are you good? Like what's up? And she's just like, I just, again, was just so impressed. And so she then pulled out of her bag a pretty thick white envelope. And she basically told me at that point that um, people like me need to pursue our dreams because we will inspire other people. Oh, I'm going to get emotional to pursue theirs. Um, And that just meant so much in the way that she said that to me. Um, But she also made me promise that I will never lose sight of my heart to give and to always make an impact for other people and and to never lose that within myself. So she knew that if I proceeded in pursuing my dreams, um, that I would make an impact on a lot of people along the way. Oh, I'm going to get emotional. Okay. Didn't expect that. Although mm, it's made me emotional before. Um, cause she was just really an angel in my life at that time. Huh. and, um, you know, maybe me doing something for someone else, um, created that windfall, but at the same time, I just, it is something that has stuck with me for the rest of my career, um, to never lose sight of that and to always, um, you know, pay it forward Um, because of that moment, because she truly paid it forward um, to me from me paying it forward to someone else. And in the envelope she handed to me um, as I opened, it was $5,000 in cash um, to go and open my salon and make my dreams come true. Okay, Ashley, don't cry. So um, it was incredible. It was a God moment. I didn't realize at the time, but I certainly, um, feel it today and also know and see just a witness. I'm a witness to so much of my story and journey where there were these moments that were just so special and so magical. And, um, that was just, just absolutely one of them. So, so anywho, she, uh, she handed me that and I was just kind of like, Holy moly, I cannot accept this. And, um, she insisted. So of course I did. And of course I then took that money and went and signed that dang lease. And um, I definitely made my first salon happen at 23 years old with that $5,000 in cash and that hot credit card. I most certainly maxed out. Um, So I opened my first salon from there. And again, I was 23 years old. And after doing that, um, I mean, it, it came with difficulties. It came with challenges. It came with definitely, um, hardships. Um, and that's why I always like to talk about the chaos and the reality of these things that you experience. They're oftentimes unexpected. I'm sure much like the woman that, you know, experienced, um, what she had with losing everything in a fire. It's like, you know, these things can happen. Things can go wrong and, um, these challenges can occur, but really truly what you make of it and how you show up going forward is really is is really what it's all about, honestly. Um, and so for me, um, opening my first salon was great. Um, but I really didn't actually have a full plan. Um, besides, you know, if you build it, they will come. I was definitely sure of it because I had some of my own clients out myself. So it was just like, you know, that's how I'm going to start. And I'll never forget the day I sat in my salon. Um, I actually have a picture that I took, um, in that moment. And I had five chairs. They were all empty. I didn't have any employees yet. I was just done with my salon and it was my first day working. And, um, I was waiting for a client and, and actually like real quick, just to kind of, uh, skim through this one little bit of chaotic moment. Um, I had had a miscarriage, uh, four days before my opening. Um, and so When I sat in this moment, I definitely was um, very mm, numb and um, depressed and mentally and personally struggling. But in that moment, regardless of what I felt, I took a moment to pause and I took a picture from my front desk and I envisioned this dream and these things and the impact I was going to make. And I made a decision then that I would focus on that and I would, um, show up every day. And if I just made a hundred dollars a day, um, I would be able to make it through and I would be able to grow this and I would be able to, um, provide for, for my family. And so, um, so yeah, so that's kind of like how I got started with my first brick and mortar salon. It was extremely hard. And I think I hit every roadblock I could potentially hit. But I think when you come at things with a positive perspective and a realistic perspective, um, honestly, it doesn't mitigate the challenges you'll face or unexpected things that come up. But it certainly um, mentally prepares you to overcome it and to still find the beautiful moments and to still you know, stay focused and and hold on to those as your anchor, hold on to those positive experiences as your anchor to continue on your path and your journey. And had I given up um, from the first day I saw, you know, the, the $50,000 reno um, that I absolutely couldn't afford in my dream space, um, or at the time, you know, when I got denials from the bank, or if I gave up when I, you know, didn't know how to do something, or if I gave up just a few days before, I was stressed and, you know, health wise dealing with things. Um, if I gave up in all of those moments, I would not have gotten to the place of making my dreams come true, and doing what I did after that, which was continue to grow my salon, and you know, starting in those humble beginnings, it. It gave me so much room to grow and to um, excel and to increase um, because I was at the bottom. I was at the bottom. So I was, if anything, I looked at it from a place of like, it's only up from here. Like we only going up. You can't get any more this stuff that's going on. And so I was just like... It's only going to be up. And so I made a choice to focus on positive things and to take those moments to pause and to also, you know, remain humble and um, give back, pay, pay it forward. Um, and what comes back to you is, is beyond your wildest dreams. And so that first salon um, was in, uh, like I said, it was not in the best of locations. We made it work. Uh, it makes for some really funny stories um, from the crackheads that would come in selling a cell phone every so often to my high-end clientele um, to definitely having a need to lock the doors during the day. Um, And my neighbors underneath me that would have um, pretty active cockfights underneath uh, my salon. And uh, that was definitely uh, an experience. And the, you know, bums that were nearby uh, pushing their, uh, carts. I had a guy one time that just passed on out, um, right in the like driveway entrance into the parking lot. He passed out in the middle. It was like the only entrance to come in (laughs) and his cart was off to the side. And, um, I mean, luckily, I mean, he was okay. He was just tired and maybe a little drunk, but, um, but yeah, I, I mean, going out there and trying to get him to please kindly um, maybe pass out behind the bush or something where my um, high-end upscale clientele doesn't see him. Um, so yeah, that and, and it worked. He did. He did actually uh, eventually move. But yeah, I just I had to make it work with what I had. And I did. And um, those humble beginnings, honestly, were some of the best of times as well. And they taught me so much. It taught me so much as... Um, an entrepreneur, and as a businesswoman, and really how to grow things um, when you have very, very limited resources. And I'm so grateful for the clientele that honestly believed in me. If it wasn't for the foundation of the relationships I built prior to going into this endeavor, it truly, I don't believe I would have been as successful. So it really came from, um, although it didn't seem like I Prepared a whole bunch. I, you know, certainly took a calculated risk and knew that I had clientele that were willing to follow me and support my dream. And so they are truly the reason um, why I was able to to do a lot. And then also having parents that were just so actively supportive, especially when I was down. And then having a husband that. You know, thought I was crazy, and at the same time, would still show up and help um, when it came to renovating the space ourselves and bringing our son, that was only two and a half years old, um, a part of the process. And so, it it took a village of people um, alongside my tenacity and grit and hustle to really see things um, through, and it took a village to continue on the path of growth and um, support and all of those things. And so the last episode, um, there's an episode I shared that was about community and collaboration and all those things. And community was such a big part of what I needed to stay focused because it is a lonely endeavor. When you are pursuing your dreams and people don't always see the vision. It's great to have those people around you that may be because it does make you and push you. Um, it's kind of like having that devil's advocate. It's annoying, <laughs> but it helps you think differently. Like if, if they're challenging me in this way, like how can I prove them wrong? And, and what does that look like? And then at the same time, you know, having the community of people that, you know, support you, whether or not they Like understand the vision and the dream. There's a difference when someone doesn't get it and doesn't understand, and then they sit back and they actually don't um, help or do anything. Those are just just useless. But if you know people feel that way and then, but yet they still show up, be mindful of who those people are along the way because those are the relationships you you might not see in value um, or realize uh, how much of an impact they are making. whether it be in challenging times or showing up for you um, when you need it the most. And, and that was my circle. That was my, my husband, that was my parents. That was, um, you know, my clients um, that truly, truly like just, I mean, without them, I wouldn't have been able to um, succeed. And I, I say that genuinely. Um, and so with that, I did eventually um I'm like, I'm getting distracted because I'm like, I'm getting all sentimental. Um, so anyways, okay. With that, I did eventually fill my chairs. I had uh, an assistant and I had um, some people renting from me and it was great. We were there for three years. That's how long my lease was for. And so um, it became apparent, like I never wanted that to be the place I was going to stay. So I always knew I had to have a three-year plan that would then transition me to the next stage. Um, and level up. And so that's what I did. I ended up going and moving to um, a new building. Um, Definitely was another, uh, a big risk. It was uh, a $30,000 renovation. um, And a lot of the renovation we did ourselves, but the place needed so much work, but it was in a prime location as far as foot traffic and it was just, you know, what I. It wasn't the the dream of the upscale area, but it definitely I thought would suit the need of exposure, um, because we were in an area where we didn't get a lot of exposure. So I really needed to lean into being in a place that we could get a lot of foot traffic and exposure and and build on the clientele aspect of it. Um, and so we did that and. I got a really hard lesson of uh, what triple net leases were and, um, and the dynamic of it makes a difference who you rent from and knowing um, who the people are. The first person I rented from, honestly, to this day, it's been a long time. It's been, I don't know, 16, 17 years. Um, and he's still a friend of mine that I can reach out to and call and ask questions and get business advice. He was an incredible landlord. Um, but then the second person and, and I have actually had to call the, my first landlord a few times and be like, is this, is this okay? Like, is this supposed to happen? I feel like I'm getting ripped off. And what does this mean? And so it's definitely good. Do not burn bridges because those people that were around for you in the time you didn't know anything or in the time you were growing and then you moved on, you leveled up, don't burn bridges on where you were before because there is still so much value in those relationships. And that was one of them for me. Um, shout out to Abner. He uh great guy and commercial builder and went on to do such incredible things. Um, so it's been really admirable to watch his journey, um, and just be inspired by how much he's accomplished too. But anywho, um, so yeah, when I had my, my second landlord, uh, they were businessmen from New York and, um, they did not give a care on who was in there. They were about their money and they had a very, very, uh, stringent lease and they very much did not, uh, take care of things and and do certain things. And so I but I was legally obligated to a very intense, very expensive um learning experience is what we'll call that. Um so I had a I wanna say I had a three year lease there. I was actually smart enough to negotiate a three year lease because I was so scared to commit to a five. Um it definitely was a big leap in costs and expenses. And at that time, y'all, I'm gonna be honest, like I didn't know, I knew how to hustle. I knew how to drum up business. I was always like this organic marketer. I hustled on MySpace all the time. Um, plus I had this other side hustle business where I was traveling, doing weddings. And, um, and at that time, like I just, I just knew how to work and, and, and bring in money. And so the commitment that I made, I didn't really understand, um, Ls and, um, expenses and just the different dynamics of that. So in that time of being there, it taught me so much. Um, that was my, my first beginnings of the school of hard knocks. Um, because I, I got, I was on this path of like, you know, I've always been profitable. I've always made money. I never really had to think about some of these things. And so that's just what I did. And then now I was in this place that had such a big overhead and so much more responsibility and, uh, Legality that I just didn't understand that level of business. And so um, I had to get knocked around a few times to navigate it and to learn and figure it out in order to succeed in what I was doing and not lose everything I was working for. And so that was tough. And that also came with, you know, having to navigate managing teams and. You know, it was a bigger space. We attracted more people to come and work uh, at the salon. And so I brought in more staff. And so I went from being a rental um, business with one assistant to having employees. And that's a whole nother layer and dynamic of things that I had never really truly had full experience in. Um, So it came with its growing pains. Absolutely. One thousand percent. But it was never... It had never left me that this was still not the stopping point. It was still just, it was a path to the next thing, which again, was that ultimate goal of the upscale salon that I saw years before that I eventually wanted to um, get to. Because for some reason that was going to solve everything. I I don't know why (laughs) I was just so adamant about that's where I was going. Um, when this, now this lease was up. So I had a mission while I was there, I was going to, you know, these next three years, I was going to get all this foot traffic. We were going to build on our clientele. We were going to build commission stylists, build their clientele. Um, and then we would then eventually be able to go in that upscale area. So that was my strategy and it worked. Um, I, like I said, I learned a lot. Um, I definitely had a lot of bumps and bruises along the way. Um, but I did eventually get to that point that when that time came where that lease was up, it was time to finally move to that area that I had dreamed of. And it was, you know, six years later, but that dream had never left me. And I was like, I am doing this. I have had this vision. I've held it. I've brought, I've gotten through every rocky thing. And now financially I'm ready to make this move. And so We did. And I got into there and I renovated a third space. And again, at that time, honestly, what was projected as a $50,000 budget I needed to have for renovation six years prior, I ended up spending about maybe 25, half of it, um, because I had learned so much along the way with being lean and having to um, ball on a budget and just these different money strategies to help me, you know, have make things look really nice and do it in a way where it is budget friendly and not just spending frivolously. I see this happen so much and I feel like sometimes when you when you do have access to money and it's given to you or it's a loan or any of those things, honestly, looking back I'm like if I would have been handed money at 23 years old, like, like the, the amount of money I thought I needed to start my business, if I was handed that money at 23 years old, I would have made so many bad decisions and wrong decisions. Um, and it would have been a very expensive lesson for me to learn. And instead, I traded that with time and equity into my business, uh, sweat equity into my business. And I was still able to meet the goals that I eventually obtained. But I did it in such a way where honestly it developed me so much as a business owner and as a leader and as a manager. And although it was it wasn't cute, but what I needed um, skill set wise to run the type of upscale salon I envisioned in my mind, I truly needed to be a better businesswoman. I needed to be a better leader, and there is no way I would have had. Um, the experience and fortitude that I developed in those six years of navigating each place that I was in um, and then just going through those growing pains along the way. I mean, I just learned so much. And so I personally think when people think that they need money to um, accomplish something or to, to make it happen, if anything, it's like the best challenge is to do it with little, do it with less. And and it will push you in a way Um, that will make you think differently. It forces you to think differently. And the other thing about that is when you go all in on something and you got like everything in it, your work ethic, your way you show up, all of that is a completely different dynamic than if you just have one foot in. This is something I always say to people that are in corporate or holding on to their jobs, but want to go into entrepreneurship or start their business. It's like, People just want to, you know, they don't want to get rid of the security that they feel from the things that they have, but it's really in the uncomfortable moments when that security doesn't exist that you actually make things happen and you do so in a way that is organic and also just develops you beyond measure that you like I, you wouldn't even be able to comprehend. And, and that's why... I have this podcast. It's because I know my journey and I know the amount of stories and and hurdles and ups and downs and the meandering path that entrepreneurship presents. And it's like, I want to hear these stories and I wanna share these stories. And I like this is the real like grit of being an entrepreneur. It's like the only way innovation happens, the only way you know these these ideas can come to fruition is if you just boots on the ground. And that's why they call it bootstrap it, baby. Like bootstrapping is boots on the ground. It's executing your ideas and just going for it. And you're not always going to have the resources and it's not always going to look cute. And it's not always going to be the dream right out the gate. And that's okay. That is completely normal. And if anything, you're doing your, uh, yourself a bit of a disservice if you don't check yourself now and realize like, this is going to be a process, baby. And you just got to show up for it and just be ready for anything. And when you have so much risked upfront right in the beginning, um, to be honest, it makes it 10 times scarier and it makes it a lot harder to be able to pivot and to move fast and think quick. Um, and that's one of the beautiful things about um, entrepreneurship and bootstrapping. You don't have layers of, funders or investors or people you have to answer to that can sometimes um, constrict and uh, limit your ability to be creative and think outside the box. And I never wanted that. I was like a free bird. I always have been. And that kind of tripped me up because as I did grow, there was a point point uh, and a time and place where a cash infusion or an investment of some kind absolutely could have propelled me into the next you know, level of things. Um, but honestly, I also was never really personally ready for that because I had so much now freedom for so long to make my own choices and to just, you know, live with the consequences and navigate what I needed to navigate. And I trusted myself to be able to do that now that it was very hard for me to get over the hurdle of ever scaling, um, or, or, or going in that, that aspect. Um, so So that's kind of, um, that's my, that's my really long story of just, you know, explaining that it is often a process and that process can be humbling. It can be um, mind blowing. It can be valuable. It is all kinds of things is chaotic. It's beautiful um, and everything in between. And so Um, I just love being able to reflect back on that and just know that um everything's gonna be okay and it's gonna work out, but always have those core um you know thoughts of you know giving back, paying it forward, and never giving up and just staying the course, having the vision and um making the dream reality. And at the end of the day I did that. And eventually Salon Alexander was sold in 2018. And I moved on to pursue some other amazing things. So I hope um, in this story that meets you where you are, or at least answers some questions for where you want to go, because that's what it's all about. We're not just, you know, trying to navigate through those chaotic moments um, that we're currently experiencing, but we're also learning so that way we can either avoid the chaos or at least at the at the very least be able to see the beauty on the other side. To know that this stuff is in seasons, it's in, you know, processes, it is, uh, it is, I don't even know the word I'm looking for. But anyways, I like the word seasons. Let's go with seasons. Um, Because everybody is in a season and know that seasons change. And, um, you know, just have, have a vision and don't be afraid to go for it. So with that, y'all, I'm going to wrap on this episode. I hope uh, this was helpful to someone, but um, either way, I love sharing these stories. So I want to just thank my listeners for giving me the, in- the inspiration and support to know that showing up all the time is in a way making an impact and influencing. And so I can't wait to share more and talk about that exact topic of impact and influence Because that is another thing over time that you develop and grow and what that looks like is so important, um, whether it be what you surround yourself with or how you show up in the things that you do. So stay tuned for that next episode. Um, Have a beautiful, blessed day. Bye, beauties. Thanks for kicking it with me until the end. If this episode inspired you, share it with a friend because when we learn, we live and we can all use a pick-me-up. I would love to see if you benefited or enjoyed this episode. Use the hashtag beautybehindchaospodcast. See you next time, beauty.